And our psalm that we're uh, preaching from today in the Bible is Psalm 146. So open your Bible, go to Psalm 146. That's where we'll begin today. I, uh, yeah, we had a busy week. We was going all week long. I mean, it was a very, very busy week. But you know what? My mind says I'm 25. My body thinks my mind's an idiot, okay? So, just rough. But we had a great time up there. I really enjoyed it and looking forward to next year's time. And uh, when I'm hopefully in, in North Carolina this time, just, uh, just hopefully it's that way. But if not, we'll be back up there again. We just aren't absolutely certain of that right now. But uh, let's read the first two verses there. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Now let's pray. Father, as we look into your word today and we see the importance of praising God, and Lord, something that should be a daily part of each of our lives as believers in Christ Jesus. May that be something that comes daily through our lips from a heart that loves God and walks with Him. If there's one in our auditorium or one listening today who does not know that they died today, that heaven's their home, May today be the day they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now I just mentioned about knowing Christ as your Savior in my prayer. But I do want those to know that listen on our website to our, or listen by radio. Uh, especially with WTYG and the WTYG if you have a smartphone. If you'll go to the appropriate app store you can put it on there. It's a free app. But at 12.30 on Sunday, we give the plan of salvation. And so, you're not sure you're saved, I would encourage you to listen to it. But now as we look at uh, this chapter, you know, uh, one of the preachers, Dr. John Hamblin, he, uh, he often uh, preaches whatever text, he doesn't preach the whole chapter, <laughs> like somebody you know does. But, uh, but he, he does always give you an outline of the chapter. And, and so I'm going to kind of give you that right now. But I want to share one other thing. You know, we gave out these coins uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, up in uh, Murfreesboro, uh, walked in and saw an officer walking out. So I gave him the coin and I gave him a track. And we talked about the coin for a moment. He looked at it and read the coin and uh, uh, asked me about it. And in the church, you know, we told him about the church and so forth. And gave him the track and just said, you know, that. Tells you how to get to heaven. And so that was it. And I, uh, he thanked me for it. I turned around, walked, started walking in the restaurant with the others to our table. It's our turn to go up there. And uh, behind me, about four or five people behind me that I did not know was there, was John Hamblin. And John usually gives people a track as well. He stopped. He said the guy had tears coming down his eyes already from seeing that coin. So that's why we not only pray for law enforcement, but perhaps we can see a door open for souls. 
and, and that just means so much more. Uh, but as we give an outline of this chapter, you might say what to do is seen in verses 1 and 2. What not to do is found in verses 3 and 4. Uh, for what he is is verses 5 and 6. For who he is, verses 7 through 10. For what he does. For what he does and for who he is. So we don't want to miss out on that if you do your own study at home because I know we won't cover all of that. But as we look here at the text, we think of this uh, book of Psalms. We saw in chapter 22 the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We saw in chapter 1, as a matter of fact, the, the water being like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You get to Psalms 51, you see the great psalm of repentance as David prays and writes in that psalm, Return unto me the joy of my salvation. The 119th psalm, a great psalm on the Word of God with every verse or nearly every verse referring to the Word of God in one form or another and its importance in our life. But from Psalm 146, it's the beginning of the last five psalms of the book of Psalms. And they are called, all five are called the Hallelujah Psalms. That's the way it ends, in Hallelujahs. And so when you think of that, I want you to see here, for example, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord Oh, my soul. I've heard people say, oh, my soul, my soul. Well, uh, that's the idea that it's coming from the very part of you where you, for an example, uh, you might walk out of here today and say, boy, the Lord spoke to my heart and you got a joy, and, and you walk out that. Uh, another heart may go out there and say, I thought that idiot would never stop, okay? But uh, you, you get different reactions, but that still goes within the soul. It has that emotional place, and yet it's a, time, a lot of times it's the soul that generates us to get to the point of our spirit where we're uh, getting to the deep things of life. And so he's saying, oh, my soul, there should be a joy in our soul, a desire in our soul to praise the Lord. Uh, and so he says here, praise ye the Lord, O my soul. I want you to just get an idea of this word before we really get into it. Of praise ye the Lord. It's the Hebrew word, and I can't say it the way they say it. They kind of, sounds like they're clearing the throat when they say it, but it's hollow. Hollow, H-A-L-L-E-L-L, -L -L. hollow jaw, J-A-H, okay? And, and that's a good thing, and as a matter of fact, uh, jaw is a contraction for Jehovah. Uh, in Psalms chapter, what is it, 68 verse 4, it says, Sing unto God, sing praises to His name, extol Him that rideth upon the heavens. By his name, Jah, and rejoice uh, in, in him forever. 
so, and rejoice before him. So when you see the name Jah there, it's about the only time it just appears just as Jah. You read through the Old Testament and you'll see names of kings and others that the first three letters are Jah. It has something to do with God. Okay, now my name is John Andrew Bloom. Now when you look up meanings for it, John means loved of God. I like having that name, loved of God. Andrew means manly. <laughs> but the idea of manly is that they stand firm. Bloom? We lived in Arizona for a year. I was a bloom in the desert. But outside of that, uh, not a whole thing. We all, a lot of people think of flowers, things coming to life and things like that. But I, John Andrew, well, when you see that J-A-H in a name in the Old Testament, it has to do with uh, something in relationship to God, to the Lord. Now, hollow is an, actually an imperative verb. What is that? Yeah, are we going into English? I didn't, you know, school's not in session yet. Imperative verb simply means this. It's calling to an action, and the action has an E-L on the back, hallel, H-A-L-L-E-L, what's that E-L for? Usually you'll see things in the Bible like that, and L this, L that, or uh, for example, the Hebrew name Al Shaddai. And that's referring to God again. Okay, we're looking at Yahweh, we're looking at Jehovah, we're looking at God. And so here we are, we get started here, and we have a verb that's calling us to action in praising God. And so he says, praise ye the Lord. Praise again the Lord, O my soul. Twice in one sentence. In two sentences, should I say, but one verse. We're called to praise the Lord. In Psalms chapter 22 and verse 3, when we were there, we found out in verse 3 that the Lord inhabits praise. As a matter of fact, it says there uh, in 22.3, But thou art holy, thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now, it might make someone say, well, that's the praises of Israel. Those people, when they praise God, the Lord inhabits that. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's why they praise the Lord. And yet, it's much more than that. It's, and it's much more than just uh, hollow words. Uh, the words that we just repeat. A vain repetition. It's more than that. Much more than that. We've had something we've prayed, maybe a loved one, they say it's a 50-50 chance of them making it through this thing, and they come through, and it's a great success in the surgery or whatever it is, and we just begin to praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. The Lord did this. We know the Lord was in it. Probably most of you could, uh, we'll have 30-second testimony tonight, most of you could give a praise for the Lord, to the Lord for something that He's done in your life because you know that in your wisdom and in your strength and in your power, you couldn't have done it. 
you knew that God had to do it. Praise the Lord, you know. So you, you give him praise for that good thing. That's what's behind the idea of praising God. And so he's praising the Lord in his soul. And he says in verse 2, I will sing praises unto my God. You know, we can say that, my God, while I have any being. As long as I'm alive on this earth and I'm breathing, I can praise God daily. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll be praising Him. You look at in, in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 9, and you'll see the hallelujahs, the poor hallelujahs they're, they're sometimes referred to is all the people of God as they're gathered around the Lord for that great, that great marriage feast of the Lamb. And four times the whole group was pray, praising God, hallelujah. I remember growing up, my, my, my dad's first church was up in the mountains of uh, Hickson, Tennessee. And I remember, boy, those people, uh, they did some shouting. And most often when you'd hear them shout, it was, hallelujah. Actually, that was the more right thing. Amen is a great word. And, and should be used. It, it has a, the idea of, I agree with what he's saying. Now, sometimes people say, amen. And it's not a good thing to say, amen, I agree, I identify with that. You know, if I say, yeah, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. Amen. You know, let them go. You know, no, that's not the idea. So sometimes you've got to watch where you say amen. It just doesn't fit. But we can always say hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, that hallelujah means praise the Lord. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I had a, a friend of mine. I met him in college. Uh, <clears throat> he was, uh, he was, uh, well, let's just say he was Southern enough that uh, the Beverly Hillbillies would have been high cotton for him. <laughs> okay. But, man, the guy had a voice that was just outstanding. He could sing. I mean, he could really sing. And he felt called to preach. And uh, usually he wasn't there uh, at the campus church on Sunday simply because he was uh, living in a, uh, another town and, and another place and uh, had a home and all this other stuff. And so this, that was his home. They, he just uh, would preach in some of those places. They knew him. They'd sing. He went to a church. They asked him to come to a church and sing one night. And so when he got there, that church wasn't of our stripe. And they say, when you get done giving a testimony and uh, singing, would you lead our church in a praise service? Now this guy did not have any idea what they meant, but he tried to figure it out. So when he got done with his testimony and everything, he said, everybody stand up. They all stood up. He said, raise your hands in the air. And they raised their hands. And he says, now start shouting till I tell you to stop. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So that, they were all doing that. I said, how'd that work for you? He says, uh, they got happy. They were running around the church. <coughs> now, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? Now, nothing wrong with uh, a good hallelujah in the church. It really isn't. 
a good praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. But when you look at this verse, he's saying, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. As long as I'm breathing on the face of this earth, I'm going to praise God is what's being said here. And by the way, I gave you that illustration for one reason. Praise needs to be holy. We have a holy God. Okay, and so that's why I give it to you. So uh, when you think about all of this, you say, well, wait a minute now. In Psalms 22, 3, he inhabits the praises of Israel. What about us? We're not Jews. Now, I find it interesting as well. I listened to a man preach one day. He says, we were grafted in to the vine, and so therefore I'm a Jew. And he says, no, you know, not all of Israel were Jews. He said, what? No, Jews were Judah, Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, those were Jews. Israel, something else. So he, pray, he, he, he says he inhabits the praise of Israel. That was one. We won't say they were all Jews. Uh, you can say that, but they weren't all Jews because they were Israelites, but they were of the family of Israel, of Jacob. They were all related. They were there. But what about us? Well, in John chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Which fold is he talking about? Israel. You know, he came to speak to his people. He says, them also, I like that word also, that included me. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. You see, his sheep hear his voice, and they know him, they follow it. They shall hear my voice, and there shall uh, be one fold and one shepherd. Now, I, I look at the millennium, I look at new heaven, new earth, and, and I see different places. I know about David's reign during that millennium and the, uh, things of that nature. But with Israel, with all who are saved, we are the family of God. We're children of God. How do we become children of God? John chapter 1, verse 12, he tells us there that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born. Not of blood. You're not born a Christian. Yeah, man, I, my family was saved. My daddy was a preacher. Yeah, I grew up in church. And I, yeah, I'm saved. That doesn't make you saved. It's not by blood, nor by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man. It's by God we're born again. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we come to know Him. And so, we find that God inhabits the praise of of all the saved. Now, he's not going to inhabit the praise of the wicked. Matter of fact, Proverbs chapter 
uh, 15 and verse 8, chapter 28, verse 9, lets us know that the prayer of the wicked, the praise, which is the praise of the wicked, is an abomination to God. Remember, Jesus in his ministry stopped those that were saying, Thou art the Son of God, and the demons were behind him. I don't receive praise from them. He doesn't receive praise from unsaved. The praise that he's looking for is from us as Christians. It ought to be a daily part of our life from, oh, my soul, that daily can think on the things of the Lord and it rejoices my heart. That is why every day, every saved person ought to be in the Word of God thinking, meditating in on, and praying, and allowing it to be added to his life. Not everyone is called to be a foreign missionary. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist. Yes, we are all called, if you're saved, to be a witness. But you see, we're all, if you're saved, set as lights in the world. Let's say you work in public education. So, oh man, that'd be terrible. Yeah, but they need a light. Perhaps you say, I'm, I, I, I work in manufacturing. Okay, those people need a light. I work in sales. Those people need a light. Wherever you are, people need a light. Your vocation that you have is where God has you to be a light. We are lights. And when one gets saved, one is turned to the Lord. The light is fulfilling the purpose God had for it. We can praise the Lord. So even write words from a heart that is not set on repentance from their sin that is in their life, a heart that is not set as a Christian wanting to turn from worldliness and unrighteousness, a heart that is not set like that also becomes abominable to God. You see, it's the Word of God and living in obedience to God's Word that brings us to a place of praise that honors and glorifies God. You know, some people say, Oh, well, this happened, that happened, and maybe a loved one got real sick. And you prayed for God to deliver that one, and God didn't answer your prayer, is what you say. Uh, God maybe wouldn't listen to your prayer. And many of you have found, just like I have, that sometimes God's answer is no. But we hear that answer to prayer. It's a great thing. And God has provided us another thing to praise the Lord. But some people get upset with God because He allowed this to happen. I don't think I deserved it. Well, you're not the judge. And so you, you're upset with God when the truth of the matter is you didn't even have power with God to pray. If it was your own child, and you've got these other things going on in your life. Oh, you're praying for that child. You're praying seriously. 
yet nothing happens, that child's not uh, healed or whatever the case may be, may simply be you don't have power with God because there's sin in your life as a Christian. You want the marriage to be healed, you want something else to be healed, maybe in your own heart there's some things that need to get right. And so we, we see those things, mad at God, but uh, their own sin has really cut off the answer that perhaps God wanted to give. Now, in salvation, too many, especially in Baptist churches, I think I can say this, having grown up in Baptist churches all my life, I mean, uh, as far back as I can remember, I was born in Ohio, and I can remember uh, four or five years old. I mean, we moved from there when I was uh, six, I think five. Went to kindergarten, then first grade, I was in Tennessee. But as far as I can remember, we were always in church. And as far as I can remember, is that sometimes it wasn't a good experience because halfway through, instead of finishing the message, mom took me out to the car and she had a little meeting with me. And I like the way one of the uh, preachers I heard this week said, treated me like a rowboat that moves best with a paddle from the rear. And that's what happened, okay. And so then you learn to go back in there and sit down if you could sit down, you know. And uh, that's, that's the way it happened. That's the way it happened. But I remember there. I remember the first time I ever heard my dad preach was before he ever went away to study to be a preacher. It was at their church. So I remember all of that. And, and yet, uh, when you think of everything there, growing up in a Baptist church, one of the things I know is this. We preach, once you're saved, you're always saved, and that's the truth. Because salvation's not up to me to hold on to. The Lord holds on to it. But I become one of his children. And mom and, and dad, I mean, dad could really fling a belt. But neither one of them can spank like God does. He spanks his children. God leaves a memory when he does it. And I don't know if you're like I, I was back then. When my dad swung the belt, he had a phrase that he repeated that it was hard to answer because you're crying and screaming. He'd say, are you going to do that again? Are you going to do that again? And every time he'd say that, a hit would follow. And you're, no. You know, and I'm trying to say no, but I'm crying. It's hard to say no when you're crying. It just is. But, I said, no, but guess what? Sometimes I got to spank it for the same thing again. So people were saying, as, as Baptists would say, hey, pray this prayer. You ask the Lord to come into your heart and save you, forgive you of your sin and save you. And now you're a Christian, there's nothing to worry about. Because once you're saved, you're always saved. Well, see, that person didn't repent. Repent ye therefore and be converted, Acts 3.19 says. 
See, conversion is you're giving yourself. Now, you know I've used marriage as a good example of that, and I think it is a good example that she dated 25 people, you dated one. And, but you turn from whoever for that one that you married. Okay, that is repentance. Conversion is I'm giving myself to this marriage till death do us part. Okay, now, that is the, that's what, that really is a picture of salvation. We're repenting. Come to Christ. See, some of them say, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm all right now. I can go out and live like I want to. Some come to church every so often just to say, well, I was there. I'm a good Christian now. <clears throat> and, you know, they come, some will come every Sunday. Uh, but forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a matter of some is, uh, in the Greek, if you read it, the way the Greek goes, it's the idea of forsaking. It's not forsake, it's forsaking. They don't forsake, leave it all together. Forsaking, they're there and they're not there. They're there, they're not there. They're there, they're not there. They're forsaking. I don't care if it's Wednesday night, I'm tired on Wednesday night. You ever said that to your boss? I didn't come in today because I was tired. That job lasts a long time, doesn't it? No. It's repentance and faith. You believe that the shed blood of Jesus Christ being shed for you on the cross paid in full your sin. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. That you might have everlasting life. <clears throat> when you look at the cross, you hear sermons on the cross. You read Revelation chapter uh, 20 and verse 14 and 15 where they're cast into the lake of fire. You know that you deserve to be cast into that lake of fire, that eternal torment, where there's no ceasing to exist, tormented day and night forever and ever. No escape. We deserve it. Yet, the price that I could not pay for my sin Jesus paid it all. I'm not trusting in a prayer that I prayed to receive Christ. I'm trusting in Christ for my salvation, having received him. Do you know if you die today that heaven's your home? You see, When we're receiving him, we're receiving the one that will take away our sin by his blood atonement. Are you washed in the blood? Cleansed. His blood was shed for every man that's ever lived. But it's only applied when he's received as your Lord and Savior. So why would you praise the Lord? Isn't that enough? I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God. Why would I be ashamed to sing praises unto him? Why would I be ashamed of a hallelujah? Why would I be ashamed of a praise the Lord? Why would I be ashamed of an amen? He despised the shame that my sin cost him on the cross 
but he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So I will sing praises unto my God. I'm just not singing praises. I'm singing praises to my God. It's like the love letter. It's like the sweet nothings. Only this isn't nothing when it's spoken to him. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Oh, I want to expound on that, expand on that, but I really won't. But just to say, sometimes I'm afraid that Christians have more trust in politicians than they do in the Word of God. Now look, recent history, let's just go back to the 80s. In the 80s, all Republicans were so happy about Ronald Reagan And the last one was, was, was President Trump. Not all of them were happy with, with the Bushes, but they were presidents. With the Democrats, probably they were the happiest with, uh, well, Clinton, President Clinton, and President Obama. But you know what? One day their breath is also going to return to the earth. Their bodies also wouldn't turn to dust. And all those great ideas would be dead along with them. It is the truth of God that stands forever. And it is his salvation that once received lasts forever. Now praise him by being faithful to him. Witness the gospel to the lost. Be faithful to his house. Don't allow the things that you know they would not accept where you work to be the things that keep you from going to church. Be godly. Be godly. But make daily a part of your life to praise the Lord. The first place to start is in the mornings. You have your prayer time. You read the Word. There are things in this psalm here that are reasons to praise the Lord. But, you know, search the Word. Sometimes, you know, use the Bible to pray. I prayed, Lord, help me to understand it. But sometimes the Bible teaches me how to praise the Lord. He takes my sins as far from me as the east is from the west. And he remembers them no more. Can't we praise him for that? We can praise the Lord. Well, let's bow our heads.